The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. Do yourself a favor and always cruise with travel insurance. You can find a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Celebrity Edge today. The new ship from Celebrity, uh, now sailing out of Florida, just got back from a two-night sailing over to the Bahamas and... Lot to talk about because that, my friend, is a cool ship. And uh, Richard's going to be here to interview me in just a couple moments, and we're going to chat all about it. But first, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. And don't forget about our Cruise Radio News podcast feed. Kind of the, I, I just call it the three things you need to know. It's a 90 second news brief every day, Monday through Friday. And you're probably wondering how you can find it. Well, just type in Cruise Radio News, however you listen to your podcast, and you'll find it right there. We're all over the place. So um, no problem. If you have an issue, just email me, Doug at cruiseradio.net. Happy to point you in the right direction. All right, Sherry Laskin is here. Hello, Sherry. Hey, Doug. So Carnival Cruise Line added a new ship attraction. They did, and when Carnival Panorama begins cruising from Long Beach, California, later next year, the ship will have a brand-new indoor trampoline park called Sky Zone. And it's a 3,000-square-foot space, and inside there's going to be a 12-lane trampoline court. I'm not sure. I guess it means like six on either side or one long row of trampolines, but they're also going to put something else in there called a challenge zone, and that's going to have a climbing wall, a jousting beam, a sky ladder, and a tug-of-war arena. Okay. Um, Sky zone will also be able to accommodate um, different activities and events, and they're saying they will have an after-dark Glow Party, which I have no clue what that is, dodgeball, and some kind of a basketball experience. But, uh, you know, if you want to use the trampoline and you have little kids, they're going to have a special time allotted for parents with toddlers so that they can jump up and down, too. So the takeaway here is Carnival got rid of IMAX because I'm sure they were losing way too much revenue because they were IMAX takes up three different decks, like decks, yeah. uh, what, six, seven, and eight, on Carnival Vista and Carnival Horizon, where I believe this was only taking up deck six and deck seven. So that's one more deck of staterooms they can put back on the ship. Absolutely. Yeah, it is just two decks. And some more Carnival news. The cruise line renewed their contract with a Gulf Coast port. Yep. Hot off the presses from Mobile, Alabama, is the news that their only cruise ship, Carnival Fantasy, has renewed their contract to stay in Mobile through November of 2019. So it's for another full year. Uh, Carnival Fantasy Cruises 4 and 5 night Western Caribbean itineraries to Mexico. Uh, they go to Cozumel and Progreso. And it's kind of strange. I checked various cruise booking sites, and they have Carnival Fantasy Cruises for sale from Mobile into 2021. So I don't, I don't know what that's all about, but let's hope that the ship stays there for an additional two years. If the cruise line doesn't like the performance that a city is, you know, the mm-hmm. bookings, they can, pull, they can snatch it away. So far, it's definite through November of 2019. 
Royal Caribbean has killed the upgrade ferry. Not quite sure how to interpret that, but uh, they've introduced a program where passengers, like uh, Norwegian, can bid for a stateroom upgrade, and they've called that Royal Up. Um, and the way this works, it's, it's all you know, pretty much the same. If you're if you're eligible to bid, uh, passengers will receive an email that tells them what stateroom categories will be open to them, and also what the minimum bid will be for each category. Now, you can bid on one or more categories, but the good news is, of course, you'll only pay for the accepted bid, and then that is if it is accepted. But um, the way, if you want to break it down a little further, um, if you place a bid, say say you bid $500, um, what you're saying is that you would actually pay this amount per person. So, if your bid's accepted, you're really going to pay $1,000 rather than, you know, just five because it's based on per person. But there is good news. Um, third and fourth passenger in the stateroom, if you should have them, they don't pay any extra. So it's just for the first two people. And, uh, of course, if you should be lucky enough, um, Royal Caribbean is going to automatically assign your stateroom, and they will not allow any changes. And uh, the only hiccup could be, you know, of course, if you'd like to know where you're going to be and you start, you know, in your head mapping out how to get from your stateroom <laughs> to the nearest bar, um, you know, you or if, if you're with a group, it could be a little bit difficult. You may end up being at one end of the ship and the rest of your family who did not want to do the bidding will be at a different part of the ship. So, it, you know, you have to assess, is it really important to get, to, you know, to try this, which could end up putting you in a, you know, a really nice category. Um, if you do book with a travel agent, um, just let them know that you want to, if, if you are eligible to bid, let them know that you want to do this, and then they will be able to do the bidding for you. Um, if your bid is accepted, both of you will receive an email from Royal Caribbean, and then you'll make the additional payment. And then just to reiterate, this is like if you, if you have an upgrade option, this is per person, Yes. Okay. All right. Yes, and if you win it, then you pay the second half. Okay. I hear you. Yep. Um, so yep. this is interesting. A kind of a, I guess, a good move by a cruise line with their, all the environmental uh, activities happening out there right now. Um, a cruise ship that is going to be powered by dead fish. Yeah. Well, yes, they are in in part, and it's Herta Gruten, the Norwegian-based cruise line, and. As of this past July, they were the first cruise line to remove all single-use plastics from their ships. So there's no plastic straws or cups or coffee lids or plastic bags with Herta Gruten. And now they're moving into a more um, uh, fossil-free, renewable fuel. And it will, be compo- it will be partially made up of dead fish and other decomposing waste. And it's called liquefied biogas, or LBG. Um, and it is, uh, it's, they will be the first cruise company to power any ships with this fossil-free fuel. Um, they have plans to retrofit six of their ships to use biogas, but it will also be supplemented by other fuel sources such as batteries and the liquefied natural gas that we're hearing more about called LNG. So they are really, because they go to areas that are, you know, very pristine up in the Norwegian fjords and the Arctic, they're really doing their part, I think, in my opinion, to um, make less of a carbon footprint. 
Listener question comes from Carl. If you have a listener question, drop me a line, Doug at cruiseradio.net. Any thoughts in Nassau regarding one of the resort day passes? I'm looking at either Hilton or Breezes. Yeah, well, I'll give you my my two cents on this one. Uh, the Hilton is, I'm assuming you mean the British Colonial Hilton, and you can see that hotel um, from your cruise ship if you go to the aft end of your ship when you're docked there. Um, it's a historic hotel. I was there in 1961 when I was, you know, just learning to walk. <laughs> but um, it is very close to the port, and there's a beautiful beach, but it is close to the port, which can be a plus or a minus. Um, Breezes, on the other hand, is down the road on beautiful Cable Beach, and you can get a day pass there because it's an, a good idea. It's an all-inclusive resort, so everything's included. And, for example, if you choose British Colonial, um, they have on their website, they're advertising $100 per person plus a $40 food and beverage credit if you buy their day pass. But Breezes, um, it charges $100 also. They don't give you a food and beverage credit because it's all-inclusive. Um, but the Breezes uh, property will cost about $15 in a taxi ride each way for two people. And the resort, I don't know if, if you're traveling with children, but the resort requires children to be 14 years or older. Of course, there's a lot more to do there than at the British Colonial. Um, you might be able to get a slightly lower rate from a third-party vendor, someone like uh, Resort for a Day maybe, and they're online. If you just go online, you'll find there are several people selling day passes in addition to the individual resorts selling a day pass. So the third-party vendor might get you a little bit lower rate. But personally, here's what I, if it was me, um, I, if I was going there for the whole day, I'd rather go to Breezes for a full day but I would love to have lunch at the British Colonial because it is historic and they do have, it's a, just a beautiful property to walk through and they're doing some renovation on it in the near future too. So, I mean, either way, you can't go wrong. A beach day in Nassau is always a nice day. And what they say, a day at the beach is better than... Yeah, I would say uh, breezes as well, Sherry, because you got to remember, like, you know, during the peak time, there could be up to eight cruise ships in port in Nassau and that could be up to 30,000 people when you include crew. So... Like, get the heck away from all those people. And also, it's Cable Beach. You can't go wrong there. Oh, it's beautiful. I think that's a great idea. Been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at CruiseRadio.net. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime, straight from Cruise Radio. So I just got back from a two-night sailing aboard Celebrity Edge. Went over to Nassau and back. And I want to talk about it, but I'm not going to talk for 20 straight minutes about it. So once again... 
Richard Sims is here with us to interview me about the sailing. Hi, Richard. Hey, Doug. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. It sounds like you had an amazing trip. Yeah, the, the ship is just really cool. So from this point, you have the reins. Talk, do whatever you want to do. All right. Well, let's start at the beginning because if I'm not mistaken, you sailed out of a brand new terminal. So what was the embarkation process like going through there? So Celebrity has a new um, an app that they're rolling out, and I believe they're testing it in beta right now on Celebrity Edge. But you can it's kind of like how Royal Caribbean has theirs where you can do everything before you board. And as long as you have your paperwork done, um, you know, your emergency contact, your credit card, your sale and sign, everything kind of set up, then you could actually just keep use breeze through these different checkpoints and literally they take your picture and you walk right on the ship. Um if you're irresponsible like me and forgot to do that, um, you have to go through a queue still and fill out the information about your credit card. But So I would say uh, you're probably looking at about a 10-minute embarkation time if you have all your paperwork done. And if you don't, just probably add another 10 minutes to that for all that stuff. That's still not bad. What was your first impression of the ship? So walking on the ship – well, so first off, from the hotel, I could see – Celebrity Edge, and I could see the big, you know, everyone knows the orange magic carpet on the side of it. It's on the starboard side. And I was super stoked because, you know, we've been talking about it for the past couple of years now, and I just keep saying it's it's very gimmicky, it's uh, whatever. But, you know, when I actually sing it in real life, I was super stoked about it, and then we'll talk more about it later, but actually um, experiencing it was even 10 times more awesome. But walking onto the ships, yeah, so very chic, very contemporary. You board the ship on deck five midship in a really fast system there. Um, they, they ping you on. And one thing I've noticed, and I haven't sailed like Royal Caribbean in a while, but you actually just put your sail and sign card up against the security podium and it dings you in and out instead of them having to hold your card and scan it. It's kind of just like RFID, bing, bing, and you're on the ship. But yeah, you board the ship on Deck five, midship, and it's right there where the Grand Atrium is, which is on deck three. So that whole level, you know, goes three, four, and five. And um, go left, go right. There's only two elevator banks on the ship. So if you're looking for an elevator, you walk forward or walk aft because you're not going to find one midship. Size-wise, how does the ship feel? You know, it's it's sort of mid-size, right? Yeah, it's 129,000 tons, I believe. So you know how on some ships, if you want to go from the front to the back, you have to walk through a casino or you have to walk through a restaurant or a lounge or what have you. Well, on this one, I mean, it's just, I don't know if the word's like line of sight. You just can kind of, you can walk forward to aft or aft to forward and not have to go through anything. There's just walkways on either right down the middle of the ship or on both the port and starboard side of the ship. So the way this ship was designed for passenger flow, I mean, spot on. All right. Well, let's get to some of the really important stuff that everybody's going to be kind of talking about. First of all, I believe you had one of these these new veranda rooms that have the, uh, the infinite veranda. How was that? So the infinite veranda was really cool because I walked into the stateroom and I actually just thought it was an ocean view cabin. So I was like, okay, cool. Have an ocean view for a couple of nights. This is going to be fun. I'm only going to sleep here anyway. And as I got to playing around the cabin, I realized that it wasn't an ocean view cabin. Well, I mean, it was, but it was really an infinite balcony cabin. And what that means is... You know how your normal balcony cabin has a door, a slider door or you know, a door you pull open to go out to your balcony? None of that was there. The stateroom ended at the glass from floor to ceiling, 
and there was a switch next to on the wall about five feet up that had up and down on it and you push down and the actual the glass started rolling down like a car window it opened up your ocean view stateroom and made it a balcony and it was really really cool you know, you mentioned that it was about five feet up. I, I have to assume that's to make it childproof so the kids can't play with it. Yeah, the regular railing on a cruise ship is 48 inches or so. So I, I would say it's probably about that standard. What was the rest of the room like as far as technology? Because um, it sounds as if, you know, this is kind of a big technological advance. Were there other, you know, kind of cutting edge things in the room? Yeah, so there was. Actually, it was one of the, it was a, it was a smart room, which was a first for me. Well, it was a first for a cruise ship. It was cool laying in bed and syncing up your um you can download the celebrity app from Android or Apple or sync your phone to the room. So you could turn on TVs from your bed, you can turn on the lights from your bed, you can turn you can put the uh there's a shutter, so there's a uh a shade that goes down over the big window pane from floor to ceiling. Um, a blackout curtain, pretty much. It comes out of the out of the ceiling. You can shut that from your app. You can control your AC from the bed. Like you do whatever you want to on this app, and it's really cool. It's it goes so much further than your stateroom. You could do like your dining reservations on it. Check your folio like everyone else. Could you open and close your uh, your balcony? I don't think you. I I was trying to figure that out. You can you can do the blackout curtain, but if you can. I couldn't figure it out, but you might be able to. But also there's a a switch on the wall that's kind of like a digital thermostat that also has all the controls that you see on your phone as well. Now, please tell me about the bathroom. And the one thing I want to know is that they don't have shower curtains in there. There's no shower curtains and you're in like a kind of like a cylinder, but a big cylinder um, and the door is even curved when you open it. And the Celebrity had this on their Solstice class ships as well. And uh, the ba- the bathrooms are actually 10% bigger than the Solstice class. And the staterooms themselves are 23% larger than Solstice class. So you have some definite – so you have some pretty good square footage in these rooms. And they're so well appointed um, how they made these rooms that, again, there's just – there's space. And I don't say that about a lot of balconies because I just got back from a 14-night cruise on Carnival, and there was two of us in the stateroom, and we were like bumping into each other left and right, whereas there was two of us in this stateroom, and there was there was plenty of space. But I mean, like back to the bathroom, there was the, um, you know, the regular jet shower and the plastic acrylic um, tube, I call it. <laughs> and you had you had actually like your you had body body wash, shampoo and conditioner. So there was three pumps in there. There was a uh, a shower bar, so the ladies can shave their legs while they're in the shower. There, a lot of cruise ships do not have those. As far as space goes for hanging up clothes and storage, there was six drawers on there. The beds are high enough off the ground where you can put put your luggage underneath your bed. There was a double decker place to hang your clothes, so kind of a top level and a bottom level. And then there was cubbies throughout the room as well. I did appreciate that there were um, four USB ports in the room. There were two at the vanity, and there was two by the bed. And there was also a plug by the bed and two plugs by the vanity and a European plug there as well. So I always bring a, a power converter. So I always have one more plug than normal because I always use my European converter as a plug as well. So I love the fact that there were so many plugs in there. Yeah, just I also like that there were so many near the bed, you know, because you always want like your to, to be able to plug in your phone or your Kindle or whatever mm-hmm. right there next to the bed. So I find that really convenient. 
Yeah, and I mean, overall, just the room was so contemporary, man. And I, I think that these now I'm I am curious about like these infinite balconies. How you know things do kind of mess up. So will someone's window get jammed at some point? Probably so. But this this is a first ever. Like this is a cruise industry first, and I think it's just super cool. Well, you know, speaking of things getting stuck, I think that same thing about the magic carpet, you know, the because so let's let's sort of talk about that for a second, because that is also an industry first. And it's also something that's got like, you know, a lot of working parts that could go wrong, but but it didn't on this trip. So tell me more about the magic carpet. Okay, so the magic carpet is the big orange thing that you see on the side of the ship. And everyone is like, it's the big it's the big draw to Celebrity Edge. And it's it's I say orange. It's actually the official color is tangerine, but it's a ninety thousand ton piece on the side of the ship, and it's basically a big elevator that goes from deck two all the way up to deck fourteen or fifteen, and it 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 serves as different pur- purposes. So like when it's on deck two at the destination gateway, it's the area it's called. It's it's a loading dock. So you actually go through this loading area, and you walk down the steps. You step onto the magic carpet, and from there, you'll board a tender boat and tender into port. So, like, say you're docking in Grand Cayman, where there is no pier, you would step down to deck two, and you would board the magic carpet, and then from the magic carpet, it's like a floating dock. It'll take you to the tender boat. Um, so that's that's one part of the magic carpet. Then it raises up to deck five. There they do brunch and dinner. And it's an extension of Raw on 5, which is the seafood restaurant uh, on Deck 5. And it's a la carte, by the way, so there's no like, set pricing there. But you can have brunch or dinner on the Magic Carpet, basically the same menu as Raw on 5. And it's an extension of the restaurant, so you can sit inside or you can sit on the Magic Carpet and have your lunch or dinner. Um, and then from there, it goes up to Deck – it was like Deck 14 um, – 14 or 15, and it was a bar and a, a music venue. There was someone playing a music on the thing. It's different areas, like different decks. It serves different purposes. Passengers aren't actually allowed on it when it's transitioning from deck 2 to deck 5 or 5 to 14. So it's not an elevator ride. Like You're not going to experience this thing and actually ride it, kind of like the Rising Tide Bar on the Oasis-class ships. It's nothing like that. Like When you're at sea and when you're moving and... At any time, it's transitioning from top to bottom, or you know, up to down. People aren't going to be on this be on this thing. But as far as when it's stationary, yeah, walk out on it and just enjoy life on the edge, as they say. About how many people does it hold? You know, we had about a hundred people on it, and it was perfectly. I mean, it was comfortable. There was a you walk on it, and you board from the front or the back of the carpet, and right along the middle, there was this big bar. And then there's a bunch of couches and tables, but all of the the bar is stationary, but the tables and the couches and everything they can be taken off because like when it's a music venue on there uh, on the upper decks, there's going to be more couches and more chill spaces. But when it's down on deck five, there's going to be more tables because it's dinner on the edge type thing. You know what I mean? Since we talked a little bit about raw on five, let's talk a little bit more about. Dining. Now, if I'm not mistaken, they do not have sort of your traditional main dining rooms on this ship. Yeah, so they've broken them down. Kind of, I believe it's like Royal Caribbean did when um, they did dynamic dining, 
Whereas like the I'm comparing this ship to the Solstice class because I've I've sailed a few of those ships and they've had you know, they had the main dining room in the Solstice class on the Solstice class ships. Well, this one there's actually four main dining rooms. There's the Cosmopolitan restaurant, um, which is kind of a global type fare. Um, there's the Cyprus restaurant, which is Mediterranean. There's the Normandy restaurant, which is French-themed, and then there's the Tuscan restaurant, and that's Italian-themed. Now, all four of these restaurants, 80% of the menu is the same from restaurant to restaurant. Where they differ in a 20% is that they might have like a, like a veal parmesan in the Italian restaurant or a Greek dish in the Cyprus restaurant. So there's a little bit of local flair, but again, 80% from restaurant to restaurant is the same menu. All right. That's kind of cool. What about the buffet space? The ocean view buffet space, I have to say is probably they've this, the space itself is just super cool because you think of a buffet and you're like, okay, your mind automatically goes to a feeding trough. Um, (laughs) This has 10 to 12 different stations. So kind of like how um, Royal has on their Quantum and their Oasis-class ships where you can kind of go to the different areas. Like there's Indian at one. There's a pasta station at one. There's a meat carving station somewhere, a salad station. But this area, outside of the food and there being just tons of seating, it's two, it's two decks high. So it actually spans deck 14 and 15. Now you can't sit up on 15, but the ceilings are that high. So it's really, you know, instead of a, a, a typical, what, eight or nine foot ceiling, you have an 18 foot ceiling there. And the glass, like all around the Ocean View Cafe, it's ocean view because it's, again, like the stateroom, it's floor to ceiling windows all around. And there's plenty of seating, not only by the buffet area, which is kind of uh, mid to aft of the, on the ship. But as you walk back, you can keep on walking back, and there's plenty of tables. And then if you walk outside of the ocean view, there is deck space with a bunch of uh, tables set up where you could have you know your lunch overlooking the back of the ship. What about specialty restaurants? There are quite a few on there, um, and I, I say that because outside of the you know people might think the Cosmopolitan, Cyprus, Normandy, and Tuscan are a specialty, but uh, because like the Tuscan Grill is a specialty restaurant. On the refl- uh, on the Solstice class ship, but it's just right. a normal main dining room on this ship. So you have the rooftop garden grill. That's at the top. It's a rooftop bar. Really cool. Really chill vibe. Barbecue, pretty much. Like it's a barbecue restaurant. Um, lunch up there is, I believe, twenty five, and dinner is forty five. Then you have the raw on five, and that's a seafood restaurant. That's all the cart pricing. And then across the way from there, there's a place called the Grand Bistro. It's a French restaurant, and they have like a brunch there for $10, and they have a lunch there for $20. And then the Grand Bistro turns into Le Petit Chef, which is a $55 3D motion experience with your meal. Um, So I'm trying to think how to explain this. They have these 4K projectors above each table, and there's animation playing throughout your meal um, whether it be someone walking across your plate so between each scene like someone um, walks across your plate or does something and then all the servers bring out your meal at one time so when they when they put your when they put your meal in front of you whatever's happening on the scene on your table is happening on the plate like the chef has designed your plate to reflect the scene that's happening on the table. Does that make sense or did I totally Yeah, it sounds completely amazing. Yeah. The company's called Table Mation. 
who does this. And it's really, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. One of the other places that um, is sort of a combination of entertainment and and restaurant and viewing area is Eden. And that's another of the things on the ship that's gotten sort of a lot of buzz about it. So did you get to experience Eden? And what was the experience like? <laughs> I got to experience Eden. Yeah. <laughs> I got to experience Eden. I still don't know if I can actually explain what it's like. It's just <laughs> – it's a room on deck five aft, and it, you think of a um, – like the Garden of Eden maybe. It's really jungly. It's really dark in there, and there's there's the Edenists that live in there, and they're – you know, that's the theme. You, you go along with all this, and they, they greet <laughs> you at the door at night, and they give you a tour – of their city. It's a, it's a, a multi-level area. So it's kind of a ramp that kind of goes up two decks. And then there's different, um, Edenists that you like ours was named zoom. And then bloom was a girl. And I don't know, just a, such a wacky experience, man, but it's a guided tour and you never know what to expect next in this place. One second, there could be someone swinging from a trapeze and the next second, Someone's trying to dance with you. It's just a really cool space. It comes to life at nighttime. Daytime, it's kind of a chill place to read. Kind of if you're familiar with Royal Caribbean's quantum class ships, like the 270 in the back, it's just like that um, at, and during the daytime. And then at nighttime, it transforms to this um, interesting area. Yeah, it's just it's a, it's, a, it's a continuous flow. So people are always walking in. You're taking the tour. And you can kind of sit down and watch them perform on the stage. You can have a drink, um, and they make their drinks with like all these, like plants. Like they're pulling, they're pulling stuff off plants and making your drinks. So um, I don't know what that's called. Is that called mixology, Richard? I guess it is. Yeah, yeah, sure. We'll call it that. So basically, you can come in and go out, and it's not like a set show where you have to, you know, you have to to be there at a certain time and have a reservation. You can just sort of wander in and out. Yeah, it's a lounge. That's all it is. It's just a lounge, and you could wander in and out and interact with these characters if you want, the Edenist. If you don't want to, just be like, I don't want any part of this, and just kind of sit down and watch. But yeah, it's it's really – it's an interesting space, man. I, I posted some pictures um, on Facebook, and you have to kind of see it to believe it. Like I'm just not good at painting the picture of this place because it's just very – it's far out, man. I have a feeling that even photos won't really capture it because yeah. it's such an experience. And it's one of those things that everybody is going to have a different experience. So, you know, what happens, happens. <laughs> what happens in Eden stays <laughs> yeah. in Eden, I guess. I would highly recommend going there. They also have a free – it's a dining venue as well. There's a restaurant there um, in Eden. And it's like – I believe it's like $65 for the experience to eat in Eden. And then there's also a um, kind of like a marketplace in Eden as well, which is complimentary, different from the, the dining venue. And it, when you go there, you can get like finger foods, snacks, and like like light lunch fare. Yeah, that sounded a lot like the um, 270 Cafe on, mm -hmm. on, for example, Anthem of the Seas, where it was a sort of a nice place to just grab. You could grab some food and go eat in. And there, well, there it was 270. Here it would be Eden, I guess. Yeah, same exact concept, pretty much. Uh, did you see any of the shows at night outside of Eden? I did. I saw both of them. Um, the one that really stuck out was called the Jewelry Box, and that one was a Cirque meets High Energy Effects type show. Mm -hmm. And the way their stadium is set, or not stadium, their theater is set up, 
the there's a big like 270 degree screen, whereas you know a typical stage on a cruise ship is just a rectangle stage uh, and a rectangle space with the curtain and all that. Well, there is no backstage on this thing. Performers are coming out from these sides because there is no backstage. There's a big screen there, and that screen is incorporated into the show and into the effects of the production. And I will say that the Jewelry Box, the Cirque show, was was cool. It was about 45 minutes, and the show before – the night before that, can't remember the name of it, but it was it was a high-energy kind of a um, – a dance, not dance, but a singing with a live band. And I appreciate that because so many cruise lines are going towards tracked music these days. And like, it's pretty much watching a karaoke show. This was like legit people playing the guitar, playing the drums and people singing, singing their heart out. So I I really appreciated that. So those are the two shows I saw. The theater was awesome. Um, There's no poles in the way. There's no obstructions. The the line of sight is perfect from anywhere in the house. Two stories. The the shows were great. Did you happen to hit uh, the nightclub on board, which appropriately enough is called The Club? I know, right? I didn't actually go to the club, but it's a two-level club. There's a live DJ in there, a nice-sized dance floor, a bar, and um, kind of – yeah, two stories, so you can take the steps up to the second, you know, and watch and look down onto it. Also, the destination gateway was a silent disco. That's where the uh, magic carpet would load you to take you to your tender boat. That area is also transformed to a, uh, a silent disco a couple nights during the cruise. And if you have never been to a silent disco, I highly recommend it. I did it on the Bliss. It was one of the most fun nights that I had on the ship. It's just, it's a blast. You can tell that there's a lot to talk about on this ship because we've gotten this far in and we haven't mentioned the pool at all. And that's something, you know, that, that everybody asks about on the ship. So what was the, like, the, the pool like on uh, Celebrity Edge? The pool area was definitely cruise ship meets South Beach. You had the loungers in the water on the side. Tons of seating all around the ship. Two levels there. Hot tubs next to the pool, they were like in big champagne glasses. So picture it starting on deck 14 where the pool deck is, and the stem goes all the way up to deck four, uh, to deck 15, and that's where the hot tub is. So you can sit in the hot tub and overlook the pool if you wanted to. Also, the mast bar out there for hamburgers and drinks, and then the sunset bar up level and back. Also, the running track. This running track on Celebrity Edge is like no other track I've seen on any cruise ship out there. Right, like it has hills and curves and stuff, right? Yeah, like it it goes like up and down over two decks. So instead of like running underneath the funnel on Carnival or running on the outside deck on the other ships, just on a flat surface, you got some hill action going on. Like if you were training for something, you could totally use that course for for training. One of the things, the other things we haven't talked about that everybody asks about on a ship, and I know there's something very unique about this one, and that is the casino. The casino is non-smoking. I'm stunned by that. Yeah. So many, so many smokers um, are gamblers, or I should say so many gamblers are smokers, that I'm actually stunned to hear a cruise ship saying no smoking in the casino. I was talking to one of the casino hosts on the sailing, and I was like, are they going to keep it non-smoking? And he said, yeah, they're sticking to their guns. Uh, I'll be curious to see if it draws the non-smokers to the casino or if they'll eventually have to make it smoking. But for now, totally non-smoking. You know, I'm sure that there are going to be a lot of gamblers who uh, do not like that. But for the not for the for the for the folks who don't smoke, uh, that's just I don't know that I've seen that on any other ship recently. Well, see, uh, you've seen it on smoking areas, but yeah. for a whole casino to be non-smoking. Well, in the smoking areas on the ship, there are there are plenty of them outside, and 
when I was talking about the uh, the kind of the rooftop bar they have on there, well, that not only is that a restaurant, that's also like a rooftop bar you would go to in a big city. And in that rooftop bar, um, they have a big screen, kind of like you know, like all the cruise lines have that big screen by the pool. Well, this one's mm-hmm. at the rooftop bar, so you can actually they're playing sports there on Sundays and Thursdays. Like the football games and all that. There's also a live like acoustic guitar player out there. There's drink service out there. So there's smoking areas around that and uh, on the aft part of the ship and uh, on the upper decks of the pool as well you can smoke. It sounds like this ship made a really big impression on you. It did, and it does, and it will continue to because I, even though I was only on it for two nights, this is one of those ships that I would totally sail it again and go longer because I want to experience it all. I, I want to figure out what the heck Eden was about. It's just so <laughs> bizarre to me. I didn't get creeped out in there. It wasn't. I didn't get weirded out, but I still don't know what the hell was going on. What kind of itineraries is she going to be sailing? She'll be doing Eastern and Western Caribbean sailings, alternating, and then heading over to the Med in spring of 2019, and then back over here again in the winter of 2019 to do it all over again. All right, so it sounds like I'll have to look at 2019 if I want a book. You know, and there's just so much to talk about with this ship, like even like this spa, like the thermal suite. I, I'm recently a fan of the thermal suites after um, getting the pass on Carnival for 14 nights. Like their steam room, the rain room, the salt room, the crystal room. There's just so much that Edge has to offer. Let me know when you want a book because I'll probably book the same sailing you do. All right, let's look into it. There you go. All right, well, uh, what else you got for me? Anything else? No, I think I think that's it. Tell people where they can read some more about it. If you want to find the review, I'll link it up in the show notes below, or you can check it out on the website at cruiseradio.net. Just type in Celebrity Edge Review. Also, Richard, thanks for coming on and doing this interview on short notice. As I mentioned earlier, I just got off the ship uh, this morning. I wanted to talk about it while it was fresh in my mind because God knows it won't stay there long. And I was dying to hear about it, so it was a good time. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.